0: This is Lessons in Leadership. I'm Steve Atabato. Uh, thank you for joining us. We talk all about leadership and communication and the challenges of dealing in the age of COVID-19. As always, I'm joined by my executive producer, our executive producer, my co-host Mary Gamba. How are you doing today, Mary?
1: Doing really good, Steve. How are you?
0: Doing all right. We're doing this remotely as you can tell from our respective homes. Mary, line up who we have today so people know we have two top leaders who have very different jobs in very different sectors, but at the same time, they're going to teach us some important lessons in leadership, particularly in the age of COVID.
1: Mm-hmm. In a few minutes, uh, we're going to get to see Kevin Cummings. He is the chairman and CEO of Investors Bank, followed by then Joel Bloom, who is the president of NJIT, the New Jersey Institute of Technology.
0: Yeah. And also, before we move any further, Mary, let people know about our website, and also the folks who help make lessons in leadership possible.
1: Happy to do it. On our website, stan-deliver.com, you can find valuable tools. We have articles. We have a really great reading book, a recommended uh, list of books to read on leadership and communication, and just a lot of great free resources. You can also follow Steve on Twitter, at Steve Atabato, that's A-D-U-B-A-T-O, as well as on Facebook at Steve Adabato PhD. And finally, I'd love to do a shout out to our great underwriters of this program, our sponsors of this program. We have Valley Bank, International Union of Operating Engineers, Prager Metis. Uh, we have Gibbons, PC Law Firm, and I always forget one. Who am I forgetting? New, nope, got them at the beginning, New Jersey Resources. New
0: Jersey Resources and our, mm-hmm. our friends down there. Real quick, great. Mary, I want to do this the different platforms we were on. We're on News 12 Plus, but we're also on a variety of podcast platforms. Go ahead. Yeah,
1: so definitely you can download and and really listen to any of our past, we're, we're over a hundred episodes on our podcast list, which is super Episodes exciting. of
0: Lessons in Leadership.
1: We need to celebrate that for sure. And that is on Google Podcasts. And we're also available um, on Spotify. You can also just go Google right Play. to Google Play. Yep. Google Play. You can go right to our website, stand-deliver.com and listen to these and watch them there as well.
0: So let's do this. Kevin Cummings is, uh, is an interesting guy. Born and raised in Jersey City. He's been a leader um, in the corporate community. He is the CEO and the chairman of Investors Bank. I've had many conversations with Kevin about leadership. You'll see in this interview that he uses certain basketball references, which scares Mary because- it
1: terrifies me. I know nothing about basketball. so
0: If, if he had talked about hockey, you'd be fine.
1: I would be excited.
0: But he did not. He talked about basketball and the use of uh, the point guard as the leader, the person who sees the entire floor and puts things in perspective and has to facilitate things and move things around. By the way, I always remember that because I talk with my hands so much that in remote communication, your hands come up and sometimes it throws things off. So I have to, we're all learning in this age of uh, remote communication. So this is going to be an interview that we did with, that I did with Kevin Cummings. It is important. It's relevant. And the Mary and I will talk right after this. Kevin Cummings. Steve Adubato here. Um, My colleague, Mary Gamba, will be back with me very soon. But Lessons in Leadership with Steve Adubato and Mary Gamba. We're doing a special series of interviews with leaders from all across the state, the region, the nation, of all stripes, uh, leading in a pandemic. We're pleased to be joined by our good friend, Kevin Cummings, the chairman and CEO of Investors Bank. How you doing, my friend?
2: Good. Very well, Steve. You know, it's a little difficult out there, but, we're doing great. Kevin, you did you, you join us on the
0: PBS side. You talked about Winston Churchill. Could you say that quote again that Churchill gave us that is very much connected to leading in a pandemic? And I believe that to do with courage.
2: Yes, it's uh, fear is a reaction, courage is a, a decision. What does that mean? It means your first reaction, and matter of fact, you know, it's holy week and I'm reading the Bible a little bit, but be not afraid, do not worry are the most quoted words in the Bible. And that's the basic initial human reaction to a crisis, to a bad situation. And basically, you know, you have to overcome that fear and and get through it and be courageous and do the right thing. Stay on that point.
0: Kevin, you and I have talked an awful lot about leadership offline as well. And we're always sharing, uh, by the way, go on our website to look at our leadership library. Kevin has his own (laughs) leadership library. Let me ask you this, how important is it for a leader, whether he or she actually feels the fear, is concerned, is worried, how important is that not to show the troops, your team, that you're genuinely that afraid?
2: Well, it's very important. It's very important to communicate the message and to be consistent in that message. And in any form of communication, I always say listening is most important. In the early part of this uh, epidemic, You know, there were people in our management team and throughout the organization that were truly fearful. We had one employee's daughter sending us notes about her mom working, and she wanted to work. We actually had to send her home, uh, you know, to to work at home. But some people, you know, just they react in, in a lot of different ways. And you have to be open and concerned and be compassionate to everyone's position and how they deal with it. So some people had elderly people at home, didn't want to come into work, wanted to be home, uh, you know, didn't want to be able to infect uh, the people at home. So everyone had a different position and we had to deal with that. And I think that's where the listening comes through, but also doing what's best for our employees, but also managing the responsibility as an essential business that we had to keep this economy going through these troubled times. And that's the message. I wanted to emphasize to the people that we are essential the company needs it the country needs us now and we have to step up and assure the community assure our customers that we're going to be there standing with them through this crisis
0: one more quick follow-up and by the way if you're uh, checking us out listening or watching as well this is part of a special series of interviews we're doing with leaders of all stripes uh, it's part of our lessons in leadership um, a program, but it's leading in a pandemic. One of the other thing that's different, and Kevin, you and I, in the 20 interviews we've had over the years, always been face-to-face in the studio. Right now, I believe we're on Zoom, but it doesn't matter what technology you're using, but we're not in the same room. You are where you are, I'm in my home. Here's the point. How is leading and communicating digitally, remotely, changed and will change the way we lead and communicate in the future, whether it's this pandemic or any other situation that changes our lives
2: dramatically yeah we have a daily conference call that lasts two hours and believe me the sense that i have it is more difficult to communicate you know through zoom or or,
0: but we're just talking about this kevin can you hear me right now
2: yeah 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 Uh, by the
0: way kevin's talking about more difficult (laughs) technical (laughs) glitch but that's part of it keep talking
2: my friend exactly exactly and and then seeing the reaction to people in a meeting, you don't have the benefit of some of those things on a teleconference call. And and I think as time goes on, you know, people will say are this is gonna change the workplace habits forever. I think still over time, initially, over through the next short term, say 12 to 24 months, it may. But I think longer term, people are gonna still want to work together. I talked to my son last night, you know, working from home. He goes, it's driving me crazy. I miss the interaction with my coworkers. I sure. said that I can see it doing it once, maybe on Fridays, you know, something like that, but it's, you're just less effective. And, you, and IBM and some of the larger companies have brought people back to their offices over time that were at the front end the, of this work from home. So I think it's gonna, you know, in order to be more effective, you know, I'm not saying well, it's, it's, it's not gonna happen, but, you still need to touch people and create that chemistry you know, so that you can work together sure. and be more productive.
0: Last question, Kevin uh, Cummings Investors Bank, the chairman, the, the leader over there. Um, you're a student of leadership. You're a former basketball player. You still play basketball when you can, right? The older you I get, understand. the better I was. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, you're the point guard, aren't you? You're the point guard for your organization. That's what leaders are. They're the point guard. Explain
2: that. Well, we first of all, you gotta break the press when things are difficult. You gotta bring the ball up the court, run the offense, direct the defense, and really set the vision of the company or the team moving forward. The the core character of the team, the passion of the team is usually led by the point guard. Case in point, talk to Fauci, you know, uh, with, on President Trump's team. He was a point guard at Regis High School before he went to sure was And uh, the stories about him. I mean, you can see that tenacity in his attitude and to see his communication skills as he deals with all the questions and the, and the uh, problems that he's facing during this crisis. So he's a great example of communication and leadership and teamwork, which are great attributes of a, any good leader in any time.
0: Kevin, every time uh, I speak to you and my colleague, Mary Gamba, on lessons in Leadership, we learned something new. We appreciate you taking the time. Best to you and your family, uh, to your team at the bank, and um, we'll continue our conversation moving forward. All the best,
2: Kevin. Great, be safe out there, best to your family, and stay healthy.
0: Thank you, we are right back right after this.
1: This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to Stand-Deliver.com. That's Stand-Deliver.com.
0: This edition of Lessons in Leadership is brought to you by Gibbons PC, Prager Metis, New Jersey Resources, and the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local
3: 825. NJM Insurance Company has been serving New Jersey policyholders for more than 100 years. But just who are NJM's policyholders? They're the men and women who teach our children, the public sector employees who maintain our infrastructure, the workers who craft our manufactured goods and New Jersey's next generation of leaders, the people who make our state a great place to call home. NJM, we've got New Jersey covered.
0: I got to tell you, that's an interesting, very compelling conversation with Kevin Cummings. Uh, Mary, First reaction to his quoting Winston Churchill, (laughs) talk about leading in difficult times, talk about leading during wartime, Winston Churchill's quote, fear is a reaction, courage is a decision. Go ahead, react.
1: Super powerful. Once you said that, uh, it's so hard uh, in, in work when everything is so uncertain. And you and I talk about that all the time. The fact that it's less about what's happening. It's more about the uncertainty of not knowing what's coming. And that really instills a lot of fear in so many people. And Kevin really uh, brought it home by saying you cannot let fear overwhelm you, overtake you. You need to be courageous And you also need to let your team know, all right, you know, it is natural and you could actually be honest and say, hey, you know, I'm scared too. However, here is what we're going to do to overcome.
0: Well, hold on. Wait a minute. (laughs) This is interesting to me because, and a lot of this can sound like a contradiction. On the one hand, we advocate and we know that we want to see our leaders be strong, confident. We want to see that in our president, President Trump. We want to see it in Governor Murphy or Governor Cuomo in New York or Wherever, Governor Hogan down in Maryland. We want to see strong leaders. Hold on, strong leaders who are vulnerable, strong leaders who communicate and show that they're vulnerable, that they're, I'll use your word, scared, really? Strong leaders- That's what most people can deal with?
1: Strong leaders need to show first, in my opinion, that they are human. So this way it makes them more relatable. So this way I can feel more, hey, that guy's just like me and he's scared but he's not letting himself get consumed by that fear. If a great leader gets up there and says, I'm not scared, this is nothing, then number one, I'm gonna to start to question, oh my gosh, does that make me less than or somehow not as relevant as or as professional or as experienced as that person? I do wanna hear that, yeah, you know, this is scary. I understand your fear and I empathize with your fear because I felt it too, but now here's what we're going to do about it together.
0: But it's interesting, you know. I don't want to get, we're not public health experts. I go by what the CDC says, and particularly Dr. Anthony Fauci, who was talked about in this interview with Kevin Cummings, who in- made an interesting comment about Dr. Fauci, who was a point guard in high school. Well, if you know anything about basketball, you know he wasn't the center because I believe he's about five foot six and a very good, tough point guard, but facilitating, moving the ball around the court, seeing the entire court. Really, for football, it's a quarterback. He or she sees the entire court. So here's the interesting question, Mary. Can a leader show a degree of vulnerability that says, I don't actually know what the future is gonna look like. I'm worried for myself, for my family as well. But at the same time, what I do know is we're gonna make all the best decisions possible to keep our organization in the game. But I can't, now this is the tough part, But I can't predict the future. I can't predict the budgetary, the fiscal, the economic aspect of this. And I'm going to be so honest with you that I can't guarantee your job. Go ahead, Mary. Leader says that. You say?
1: Kevin really, I mean, the way that Kevin talked about it, he said you need to be compassionate. In order to be compassionate and to listen to what's going on to the world around you, you first need to be vulnerable, in my opinion. And what vulnerable really means is, okay, you take a self-assessment, how do I feel? Because that's most likely how your key stakeholders, whether it's your employees, whether if you're talking in, in Dr. Fauci's case, you know, the citizens of the United States, you need to let them know that, listen, I know, you're, I know you're scared, but we are going to come together and we are going to be there for you during this crisis.
0: Well, hold on, but I'm actually pushing a little further. Go ahead. Because leaders have to make very tough decisions, and we're about to listen to Dr. Joel Bloom, the president of the New Jersey Institute of Technology, and they're talking potential layoffs. Yep. They're talking furloughs. They're talking significant budget cuts in the world of higher education. So, beyond the helping people feel good and trying to let them know you empathize and you feel vulnerable as well, you're a little bit scared, but you're not panicked, so you're staying focused do you think most people who are in the workplace simply want from their leader for he or she to say, and I want to guarantee your job, when you actually can't do that? No. You can't guarantee that people, because if you want, if they, they want to feel safe and secure beyond the clinical and the medical and the health-related issues, mm-hmm. if people want to make sure that you can guarantee their job, we were just talking before, and, and Frank, who, who is on the audio side here, reminded us right before we got on the air, that Neiman Marcus, as we're taping this program, just filed for bankruptcy. J. Crew did it before that. And they won't be the only ones. there will be a whole range of others. So how the heck can you give people what they want and need? Security, you're going to have your job, when we don't even know what tomorrow will bring.
1: I think those are two different things. Letting people know, and especially if you're talking on the health side, where we are, where we're going in this in, is the path. That's hard enough as it is. If you're the leader or CEO of a company who is looking at the company's bottom line and seeing if you can keep your doors open for, you know, forget about a month or two months, six months, but it can even be there a year later. It's you better really be thinking hard.
0: about that, by the way.
1: Yeah. And, and really, I believe truly that as an employee myself, I want candor, I want truth. And even though that truth may not be what I want to hear, What I would really appreciate from the CEO or the president of a company is, hey, listen, this is what we are doing to really try to make ends meet over the next few months. And if that means that everybody's going to take a 10% pay cut across the board, if it means we're going to have to make some tough decisions with layoffs, I believe those employees that are still around after everything's done or even as it's going on are going to lean in. They're going to work a lot harder. They're going to go 110, 120% because they want to show their commitment to that company. Why? Because that leader and CEO is being honest with them about the potential future for the firm or for the company.
0: Mary, let's set up the Joel Bloom. clip. Joel Bloom is the president of NJIT, New Jersey Institute of Technology. By the way, when you're doing these, you got to realize the camera is a few inches above where Mary's head is. And one of the things we're going to teach people in communicating via Zoom or whatever technology you're using, it doesn't matter, communicating remotely, you better learn to look into the camera, because I'm right now I'm looking down here, and it lo- and, but I'm looking at Mary's picture and looking at where I am. That's where people are, not here. So it's an optical illusion. That being said, Joel Bloom, president of NJIT, the world of higher education, talk about change. Dr. Spencer Johnson's book, Who Moved My Cheese, all about change. I don't think Dr. Johnson, when he wrote that book, ever envisioned COVID-19. I don't think the world of higher education ever envisioned COVID-19. Not only how do you teach, but can you teach remotely? And if you do, do you charge full tuition? If you teach remotely in the fall, and Mary's got a, a senior in high school going to college in the fall, how do you manage the fiscal part of the operation if you are gonna cut tuition? And how do you deliver quality education? How do you make the tough decisions? This is, in fact, an interview I did with Dr. Joel Bloom, the head of NJIT, who's making tough decisions every day. This conversation is part of our Lessons in Leadership, more specifically, Leading in a Pandemic series, where we talk to leaders of all stripes, all across the country, all industries, about how they're leading in the, as we tape this program, the current pandemic, but also the implications moving forward. We're joined by our good friend, Dr. Joel Bloom, who is the president of NJIT, New Jersey Institute of Technology, uh, Joel, leadership in a pandemic, how is it different than everyday leading, which you and I talk about all the time?
4: Um, High—we, I, I believe most organizations say are high communications organizations because they got social media, you've got email, you've got all kinds of tools out there. In this kind of a COVID-19 crisis, you have to double down on communication you have to triple down on transparency. Whether they, in this case, students, faculty, staff, family members, friends, there's a lot of fear out there. There's a lot of unknown. Um, The last thing you wanna do is stress people out by not knowing what they need to know. So we are, uh, if you go to our website, like many, many other organizations, we have a special banner COVID-19 as a chronology of communication. We have Q and A. Q&A. We try to anticipate things like, are these courses going to be pass-fail? Am I going to be working on the grade? How do we do both? So there are issues in the weeds. There are macro issues. We are suffering like every other business, organization, industry out there. Massive financial setbacks. Massive financial setbacks. Obviously, we're a public university state funded. The state is not getting revenue. We are an expense in the state's budget. We are being severely reduced, understandably so, with the kind of revenue, monthly payments that NGIT, as other public universities, get from their state government. So it's the fear, it's overcoming the obstacles, having a plan, an emergency plan going forward. You fully have to exercise the plan but most importantly, communication, and be transparent as to the impact. So those are the, and I have a great team. You, you know when you have a great team in crisis.
0: Most yeah, of let's us talk about are,
4: that. Yeah, please.
0: I'm sorry, again, that, that's part of the technology when, again, the interruptions, um, it's different. Joel would see my body language. He, I would see his, and the conversation would be different, but that really leads me to this point. How are your meetings different by a Zoom or whatever other technology you're using? Since you're not sitting around a table, we have, you talk about a team, we have a great team producing this conversation right now. We're not in the same room, we're all over the place. How is that the leading and communicating
4: with team members different if you're not in the same room? Uh, efficiency, efficiency of language, efficiency in order to get through an agenda. Um, uh, there's a terseness Um, So, if it's terse and if it's efficient, the language has to be more clear and you do need to stop probably more often and and check for clarity and understanding. Um, You know, the the time that we would possibly pontificate is gone. Uh, It's gone. It's what what problem are we speaking about? What are the solutions? What are the impacts? and, and let's move on to the next. Uh, we had a board, a trustees meeting yesterday. What did we have? We had, I don't know, about 20 people online, including some, uh, some of the senior staff of the university, as well as about uh, 15 trustees. So yeah, we had 20 people online. Um, we didn't, we only asked for no votes and abstentions. If you didn't vote no and you didn't abstain, that meant you were... Uh, a positive vote, you were a, a yay. So we found that by cutting that out, all you're gonna get is 20 a's, or 15 a's. Sure. So we don't need that. So we probably had one of the most efficient trustee meetings we've ever had with everyone, the majority of the people were on WebEx, some were on the phone. Uh, so yeah, doing business is very, very different. And, and again, we were all, I, I noticed how everyone was very clear in choosing their language in either asking questions or responding to issues. Very, very clear, very succinct.
0: We are in fact, uh, this is part of our Leading in a Pandemic series as part of our Lessons in Leadership uh, broadcast. My colleague, Mary Gamber will be commenting on this um, at, at a follow up as we watch this and follow up on it. But I'm gonna ask you one more question, Joel. You are a public entity, we are as well. Financial implications are huge. We made the first layoff that I've been a part of as a CEO in 25 years. No one wants it, no one likes it. It's painful, it's difficult. It's personal to the person who's on the other end. How do we keep people on the team feeling confident and good when they see what's going on around them and there's no guarantee moving forward? What is the guarantee that the leader, he or she, is gonna be the best that they can at managing the finances? Because you can't guarantee an outcome when you, there are so many variables and factors. Please talk.
4: So um, we have not crossed that bridge of uh, either riffing redu- reduction of force. Um, we know we now have the budget with a 16 million dollar deficit that we will get through June 30th. Uh, the people, my colleagues, have been outstanding. The team. And what are we going to stop doing? How are we going to save money? How are we going to close the deficit? Where where do we need to go for any cash reserves? We can't close all 16 million by reductions. What are we going to do to uh, you? What's the minimal amount of cash reserves we're going to use when we open? When we expect to open a new budget, uh, we believe the state may be extending the budget beyond June 30th, um, but we still need a plan on a July 1 budget. We are working just before this call had a team meeting on, where do we go with the top line? We know what the bottom line is going to be. We have an ability as a polytech, very entrepreneurial, very innovative with outstanding skills, equipment, knowledge, hardworking people. We know we can increase our top line. That's what we're going to focus on going forward for July 1 um, and, and hope again that we can do all of this with no layoffs, no riffing. Dr.
0: Joel Bloom, the president of NJIT, a longtime friend and colleague. We talk leadership on and off the air all the time. And uh, the reason we call it lessons in leadership is Joel's been doing it for a while, but he keeps learning, like the rest of us, new lessons. Yeah. Joel, thank you for talking to us about leading in a pandemic. We'll talk soon.
4: Stay well, please. Good to speak with you.
0: You got it. We'll be right back right after this.
1: This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to Stand-Deliver.com. That's Stand-Deliver.com.
0: This edition of Lessons in Leadership is brought to you by Gibbons PC, Prager Metis, Valley Bank, New Jersey Resources, and the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825. interesting and compelling conversation with the president of the New Jersey Institute of Technology, Dr. Joel Bloom. Mary, your biggest takeaway.
1: He's always so great. Uh, he talked a lot about leading your team and that also has to do with leading meetings remotely. So I thought that was fascinating and something that you and I talk about a lot with our own team.
0: Yeah, real quick, we're, I'm going to tease this. I shouldn't do air quotes in remote, but <laughs> I'm going I'm to tease it so that we talk about this in our next episode of Lessons in Leadership. But, Remote meetings are not easy. I'm a big fan of requiring video participation in addition to audio participation. Are you?
1: I personally am. I, at the beginning of this process, I had never used Zoom before, like so many people. And now, once we start using it, you could very much easily confirm if people are checked in, if they're engaged and leaning in versus totally tuning out and doing other things.
0: Yeah, devil's advocate, real quick. One of our clients, Um, One of our clients was saying that they didn't think I was being fair about requiring um, that participation. Hey, listen, that person doesn't want to get dressed up. and The room may look a certain way, the dog, the kids. I said, I know, but it's a meeting. Mary, am I being too tough? Got about 10 seconds left. Go ahead.
1: I'll make it quick. So if you're working from home and from nine to five, you're supposed to be checked in, you get yourself out of bed, you get dressed, you put a little makeup on, and then you log into that Zoom meeting as if you're going to the office.
0: Well said. Mary and I don't always agree, but when we do.
1: We agree. It's rare.
0: (laughs) This has been Lessons in Leadership. I'm Steve Adubato. That is the great Mary Gamba, the executive producer and co-host of this series. Check us out at standestdeliver.com. I can get it out.com. I'm a broadcaster. And this has been Lessons in Leadership. Make sure we check you out next time.
1: This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. That's stand-deliver.com.
0: This edition of Lessons in Leadership is brought to you by Gibbons PC, Prager Metis, Valley Bank, New Jersey Resources, and the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825.
3: NJM Insurance Company has been serving New Jersey policyholders for more than 100 years. But just who are NJM's policyholders? They're the men and women who teach our children, the public sector employees who maintain our infrastructure, the workers who craft our manufactured goods, and New Jersey's next generation of leaders, the people who make our state a great place to call home. NJM. We've got New Jersey covered.